Why don't we lift our hands and ask the Lord to help us tonight? Why don't we lift our hands and pray for just a moment? I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. God, we need to come on, lift up your voice and ask the Lord to help us. God, we need you today. Feel a special touch of your presence in this house today. Have your way. Have your way today. God, have your way today. What a sweet touch of God that's here today. I feel him very, very strong in this house today. I asked the bishop if it was okay if I do what I feel. Is it okay if I do what I feel tonight? I want the ushers to get ready. You can be seated. Just stay with me for just a moment, Brother Jordan. I want the ushers to get ready. They have some cards. Um, if you guys don't mind, just go ahead and start getting ready to pass them out to as many adults and many adults and young people that understand what we're about to do. I was, I felt um, very compelled to God. Stayed in my room today in the hotel and really prayed and was studying and really felt God as I opened the blinds and looked out and began to pray over the city. I really felt to do this. And so as the ushers are passing these cards out, um, what we're about to do is we're about to put some big prayers on these cards. Um, and on these cards, not only are you going to put big prayers on them, one side you're going to put big prayers on, and on the other side, I want you to put a 52-day commitment to fast something that you love. I know some of you ain't going to like it, but by the end of this service, some of you will write down coffee, Starbucks. Oh, some of you ain't liking me already. Your favorite food, maybe some type of podcast. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I pray that the Holy Ghost would deal with you about it today. And I, I feel like God's going to honor, he's going to honor this. And um, I just believe that when we do things, when we put up extra effort, God's going to honor it. Somebody say Amen. Amen. So good to have the bishop and Sister Bishop. So good that they're back. I, I, I say this honestly, and I'm not just saying this because I'm here. I literally wept in my room today because I was talking to my wife on the phone, and I, I remembered listening to Bishop Mayo on Holy Ghost Radio. And I said to myself, you know, I'd love to meet that man one day. Now I have the privilege to stand with him and preach a great revival. And I'm humbled. I'm humbled to be around such a great man. I just want to tell this church, you have a prophet as a pastor. And I'm thankful to be around him. I give Brother Marks and his wife honored today. They're very close to my heart. Evangelist, doing a great job. Thankful for everything God's doing through them and their ministry. And um, how many of you are thankful for the ministry that God is birthing in this church? <laughs> Praise God. The music team, the singers, Brother Jordan great job tonight and uh, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it tonight. God's going to move in this house but it's going to be a little different tonight. Um, 
whenever you feel like the Lord deal with you about what to commit to for the next 52 days, I want you to bring it and place it on the altar. Okay? I want you to bring that card and place it on the altar. Now, I'm not the type of evangelist that's going to ask you to do something that he's not willing to do himself. I've already started my 52-day fast. And so I'm committing and I'm praying with you. And I'm believing God to do something mighty. Somebody shout amen. Come on, somebody shout amen. How many believe God's going to do something here tonight? If you have your Bibles, I'd like to turn your attention to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, beginning at verse 1. Praise God. Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, beginning at verse 1. Who I feel God. I feel God in this building. I'm very burdened for the service today. Because I know my assignment and I God revealed to me the reason why I'm here. I almost feel inadequate to say what I'm about to say. God has brought me here. To raise a hunger in some young marrieds. <sighs> praying as I was looking over the city today, and I'm praying for this city. I said, God, give us a harvest of souls. <sighs> and I asked God, I said, God, why exactly? Did you give me this opportunity to come to this church? A legacy church. church that has so much potential. So much prophecy. So many things over it. And I felt like the Holy Ghost told me to tell some of you young marrieds in this house today. It's time to take the baton. It's time to take the baton. That's what I'm going to preach about today. Now, if you're not a young married, you're a young person, you're not exempt from this message. But I'm going to need some elders to help me preach tonight because I believe God is going to help some young marriage and some young people take the baton tonight. This revival will only go as far as the young marriage and the young people take it. I didn't come to play games tonight. I come to deliver what the Lord gave me. Genesis chapter 22, beginning at verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Bishop made mention of this a couple services ago, and we're going to try to follow the Holy Ghost today. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him, Isaac and his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder. And worship and come again to you. I and the lad will go yonder. 
and worship and come again to you. I'm so burdened for this service because this service could change the trajectory of this revival, this service here tonight. I'm going to preach to you from this topic. When yonder calls, when yonder calls, what will you do when deeper calls you? What will you do when the call of God interrupts your plans? What will you do? I'm telling you, God's going to transform a young couple tonight. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. Yonder is calling some of you. Let's lift our hands and let's pray. Ask the Lord to help me and you. Lord, here we are on a Monday night, God, and I feel such a prophetic moment that we're standing in right now. God, I'm asking that you would take the coals of the altar and place them upon my lips tonight. God, I can't do this on my own. I need you to help me to articulate, God, what you have given me. Oh, God, I'm praying that you would confirm your word tonight. I know I'm a young man, but, God, I'm asking that an old anointing would rest upon me tonight. Oh, the Holy Ghost is here right now, church. Oh, yes, God. And an old anointing rest upon me tonight. Come on, some of you waiting on me and God's waiting on you right now. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. Thank you, Brother Jordan, for helping me. When yonder calls, when yonder calls, when yonder calls, when yonder calls, what we got to understand here tonight is that a life of sacrifice is not easy. Going places in God that we've always desired is going to demand a lifestyle of here I am. A life of surrender. A life of commitment. A life of saying, God, whatever you want from me, here I am. I'm telling you, in 2024, we need a revival of here I am. We need a revival of God, whatever you want from my family. Here I am. Whatever you want in my life, here I am. If you need my job, here I am. If you want me to go to a place I've never been before, here I am. Yesterday, I was privileged to preach for Brother Gamboa. And, uh, God helped us. We baptized two people in the name of Jesus in that service. And I sat down with him afterwards, and he began to tell me the story of him going over there to start a church and how Bishop told him he felt like he needed to go over there and pastor, and he just didn't really feel it. And he went over there and prayed one day and drove around, and God began to show him this building that he would eventually pastor and have at least 100 people inside. A life of sacrifice. A life of saying, whatever you want from me, God. If it means going somewhere to a place that I've never been before in order to fulfill your will, I'm willing to do that, but... We've got to be careful in 2024 that we can hear the voice of God calling us.
but we can settle for things. We can settle in places God never intended for us to dwell in. We got to go back all the way to Genesis chapter 12 where the Bible says that God was calling Abraham, Abram, and he said, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred unto a land that I will show you. Past tense, he had been speaking to Abram, but what caused Abram not to answer the call immediately? Could it be that because his father was a pagan worshiper and he didn't want to leave his family? Maybe it was because he was comfortable living with the family and doing family things. Maybe, just maybe, comfort was the reason why Abram didn't answer the call immediately. I can't tell you why. But I wonder how many calls have gone to people in this building. But for whatever reason, we have not answered the call. Maybe it's inadequacies. Maybe it's thinking I don't have any preachers in my family. Maybe I grew up in the projects. Maybe this reason, maybe that reason. But yet the call still rings to go to places you've never been before. But in order to answer that call, there are things. Anytime you hear the voice, there are things you must leave behind. Anytime you hear the voice of God, there is something God is going to require of you to leave behind you. If you're going to be a disciple, you must first take up your cross. When he was passing by the boat, he told them to leave everything that they knew. Leave the nets behind you. Leave everything that you've learned behind you and follow me. In order to be what God called us to be, there must be a separation. That's where a lot of us miss it, is we want to keep everything. We want to keep our lifestyle. We want to keep the comfort. We want to keep everything that God's telling us to put on an altar. And we're getting frustrated because things aren't happening our way. God saying, you don't know, you got to listen to what I said. I told you to leave. I told you to leave your family behind. And, and we see that Abram partially obeys because he takes Lot with him. We partially obey. We, we do things that God didn't ask us to do. And let me tell you something. Anytime you take things on the journey that's not supposed to go, you will fight battles God never intended for you to fight. God, I'm going to partially obey. I'm going to leave my family, but I'm going to take my nephew Lot with me. I'm going to partially obey. And what you don't realize, Abram, is you're going to have to deliver him. You're going to have to get him out of trouble. And you're going to have to fight battles. God never intended for you to fight. And he's on this journey because God called him to a place. And I've got a promise for you. I've got things that I want to do through your life, Abram. But you got to understand there's some things that can't go with you. A beginning, at the beginning of this journey, it's a life of surrender, of letting go, of here I am. But as he's trying to be everything that God's called him to be, there are things that he has to get past. Trusting God. <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel this for a couple in this building right now. Trusting God. He goes to Egypt. And he tells his half-sister, Sarah, that when people see you, tell them that you are my sister. Because if, if they think that you're my wife, they're going to kill me. Abram, you don't think God can keep you? You think God would call you to leave your fellow? You think God would call you and tell you to do all this stuff and leave things behind and he will not take care of you? He'll do it, but it's just the humanity in us that tries to figure out everything for God. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know how I'm going to make it, so instead of just following and being obedient to God, we try to do things our way. But we see that even in Egypt, God protects his bride. Even in Egypt, God protects because there's a promise over you. Abram, I'm going to make sure it comes to pass. 
But yonder is calling him a place that he's never been before. I'll take you to a land that I will show you. All of this is hinged on his ability to be obedient and just walk. There are some times when yonder calls that it doesn't really make sense to us. There are some times when the call of God doesn't really make sense. You're making good money. All this is happening for you and God says, give me that. You're doing all this and you're being successful and God's saying, I know I'm going to put discontent in your life because I want more from you, but I can't do it with you working that job. Sometimes what God is calling some of us to is a place called yonder, but we're afraid to step out because we don't know what yonder is going to demand of us. There are demands to go in places that we've never been before. Sometimes the demands of going places is us sometimes stepping out blindly and saying, okay, God, you told me to do this. You know what makes us pray sometimes? Trouble. You know what takes us to places of extended prayer and extended fasting? is trouble. And sometimes God pushes us out to places we've never been before because he knows that in order to get an answer, some of us are going to get locked into a prayer closet. But when God starts giving us those answers, something else is coming. It's a little taste of the supernatural. Just a little taste of it to say, oh, God, that's what I've been missing my whole life. You mean to tell me that being a prayer warrior and interceding for other people, it's, it's not self-serving, but there's something about it. When you walk into a church service and you feel a burden for a young lady, you feel a burden for a young man, and God puts the words in your mouth. But sometimes yonder, the call to go places you've never been before, you can't see exactly what God is doing in the moment. But God is working, somebody better hear me right now. God is working all the details out. Even when you cannot see it. Now notice, in Genesis chapter, I'm going somewhere tonight, stay with me. In Genesis chapter 12, he's already left things behind. He's already got a promise that you're going to be a father of many nations. He's already heard the voice of God. Now just imagine, I know we preached about Abram already. Well, just imagine with me when God fulfills his promise. He gives him this boy by the name of Isaac and Sarah is so happy. She's so protective of this promise that, that even when Ishmael laughs at him, she says, get Ishmael away. He, he has no business being with us. She's so protective of the promise that she's willing to push him out the door. And just imagine they finally get this baby they've been waiting 25 plus years for. And then a life of sacrifice shows up once again in Genesis chapter 22. God shows up to Abraham. And he says, this is what I'm asking of you now, Abraham. I know you left your family already. I know you left livestock. I know you left inheritance. I know you left all that in Iran, but now you're in a new place. And a life of sacrifice is not a one-time thing. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's something that you do every time. You don't graduate from a life of sacrifice. You don't pay enough tithe to say, God, I, I don't want this life of sacrifice anymore. Just let me live my life. No. It's constant. Every time you go to a new place, there is a new requirement. There's a new sacrifice that's got to be laid on the altar. God says, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son, your only son, Isaac. Now, just imagine with me right now, y'all. 25 plus years of waiting on this promise and God is asking for the very thing that you love the most. In that chapter, it doesn't say anything about Abram fighting God. Here I am. Here I am. Whatever you ask of me, here I am. 
But he didn't realize the thing that God was about to ask is the thing that he loved the most. Isaac, his boy. What did Isaac represent? It represented the promise, but it also represented his future. What do you do when God says, give me your future? Give me your security. Because I want to be your security. It's easy to say I want that type of ministry until you come face to face with a place called an altar where God says, lay what you love on that altar. I wonder after this encounter with God that maybe Abram is wiping tears from his cheeks as he knows what God He's asking of him, and he starts getting things ready. He wakes up early in the morning. He gets the donkey ready. He gets the two lads ready, and he knows what God is going to ask of him. I want your boy. God, you ain't never asked nothing this big before. God hated child sacrifice. Bishop talked about it. Why, why are you asking this of me now? I can see as he's going on this three-day journey, he's going on this journey, and he realizes the place that God called him to, it's afar off. And he tells the lads, you stay here while me and the lad will go yonder and worship. Sacrifice and worship are connected. So they go up, and I wonder with every step, he's wondering, God, why? What, what is this test about? I don't know, God, but I'm just trusting you. He even, when yonder was calling him, he even told the lads that we will come back. Total dependency on God. We will come back. They're, 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 he's going to come back. In the New Testament, the Bible says that he believed that even if he slayed his son, that God would resurrect him. That's a lot of faith, y'all. Even when he don't see it. Here we go. Up the mountain they go. And this is what happens. Donkeys in the Bible were animals of burden. The reason why we use those donkeys is we put something on their back in order to transport something. So I wonder, when they're about to go up the mountain, the transfer from the donkey to Isaac's back is Isaac's got to learn to bear a burden. As he's going up the mountain. You got to learn what yonder requires of you. You got to learn to carry a burden. Oh, tough. You got to learn to carry something yourself. When's the last time? I'm telling you, I keep feeling this in my spirit. When's the last time you had a burden to come to the church and pray on an off night? Oh, we got three services in a row, Brother Jones. And I got to get my rest. I know I got to work early in the morning. And I get it. I know I used to work. But I'm telling you, God is calling some of us to a place that we've never been before. But in order to get to that place, there's got to be a sacrifice on the altar. And it's got to be something that you love. The price is too big, Brother Jones. I can't give up my sleep. For some of us, it's sleep. For some of us, it's entertainment. For some of us, it's music that's on our phone that we don't think nobody knows is on our phone. It's things that we're doing. And God's saying, get me the thing that you love. God, that price is too much. Let me ask you a question. What revelations are we missing out on because we won't sacrifice what we love? What things do God choose or wants to reveal to young people, young ladies, young marriage, but we will not sacrifice the thing that we love? That's too much, God. That's my son. That's too much to ask for. He doesn't even question God. The Bible doesn't even record Abraham questioning God, but he's, here I am. If that's what you want, here I am. He starts building the altar. I can see maybe as Isaac looks around, and says, here's the wood, here's the fire. We're missing something. Dad, where is the sacrifice? Where, where is the sacrifice? Abraham, don't worry about it, Bubba. God will provide himself. God's going to take care of this. 
a life of dependency on God. And the next thing we know, he picks up Isaac, places him on the altar. Can you imagine with me binding up the promise, binding up the future, not knowing what God's going to do? We preach about a life of faith, but it's hard to live it because we don't know how God's going to make ends meet. But there's something calling some of us tonight. I didn't come to shout nobody tonight. I come to really talk to some hearts that things are pulling at some people, places you've never been before. But what you're going to have to put on the altar is something you love. That's why we got those cards. Because we're going to put something on an altar that we love today. And watch what happens. He, he's getting ready to, to, to sacrifice his future on an altar because that's what yonder demands. Yonder demands that I let something go. That's what yonder is calling some of us to a higher place. Can you imagine as he binds Isaac and he gets the knife? He's about to slay his only son. His only son. Not Ishmael. He, he's about to slay the promise. He's about to slay him. And tears running down his eyes. God, this is what yonder is calling me to do. And then the angel shows up. Abraham! Abraham. Anytime the Bible says somebody's name twice, there's an emphasis on the last one. So the angel shows Abraham, Abraham. He was so hell-bent on what God had asked him that the angel had to call his name twice. Don't do it. For now I know. Now I know that you love me, you fear me. There's a reverence for me. And you're not just in this because of what I can give you, but you're in this because you're really committed to me. You're committed to me. You really want a relationship with me. You don't want just the stuff that I can give you. But you're saying, God, whatever you ask of me. You know what's so crazy? We say we're committed to God. Oh, it's about to get tight. We say we're committed to God, but we question every little thing. Every little thing. When there are people out there in that world that will give up anything to be a part of a sports team. They'll pay thousands of dollars for their kids to be in Little League. They will get on flight. I'm telling you, I've been on flights and I'm watching these kids in Little League and they're flying their kids all over the country because they're committed. And when God says, I'm trying to take you to a place you've never been before. The test is your commitment. When it doesn't make sense to you, how committed are you to him? We're more committed to our jobs. Am I okay right now? We're more committed to our jobs. We'll wear a uniform to work and then we'll question why we got to wear certain things to church. Because we're getting paid. Oh, Brother Jones, I'm getting paid at my job for this. How committed are you? Because if you're committed and you make the statement, I want to have a relationship with God, you will do whatever it takes because you have a mindset of here I am. When you say those words, nothing is off limits to God. Nothing. Nothing is off limits to God, including your job, including your house, including your car. Oh, I've been, I worked hard for that, Brother Jones. I'm telling you, just recently, man, I started asking God, God, whatever you want. If you want me to sell my house, get a truck, a trailer, I'll do it. Whatever you want, because I'm committed to you. I'll never forget an old timer sat me down. He said, you better be careful what you pray. Because he told God, God, I want a ministry that'll change the world. And God said, okay, you do? 
sell that 180 acres you got. He said, oh, God. You know, I was poor as a young man, and that was always my dream is to have that much land and go deer hunting and take my grandkids on it. And God said, sell your land. The bishop told me, he said, I almost questioned the very thing that I had been asking God for. And the next day, the call to go to a place he's never been before comes again. Sell your land. Sell it. Finally, a year later, after hearing it, every single day, he puts the land up for sale. He said, God, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. God, I'm blessed. See, that's where we're missing. We, we think because we're blessed, we get a bypass from a life of sacrifice. Oh, God, I'm making more money than I've ever made before. And then God shows up and says, give me that. Oh, I can't. I've worked all my life for that. I worked, I worked hard for that. And I'm not trying to say you shouldn't work hard for stuff, but when God shows up and when yonder calls, there has to be a sacrifice. Sometimes God will require things from you to see how committed are you. How committed are you? Later, the bishop finished that story. He said, I gave up that 180 acres. But he said, it wasn't two years later that somebody gave me. It wasn't as much, but it was prime real estate. Somebody gave it to me. Sometimes God wants to see how committed are you? How committed are you? I just, I just don't know if I can do that because, but what's on the other side of your sacrifice? I'm gonna tell you what's on the other side. It's God beginning to reveal himself in ways that you've never seen to this point. Abraham, don't do it. Now I know, but now because you were willing to sacrifice, let me tell you what I'm about to reveal to you. You're gonna name this place Jehovah Jireh, which is interpreted God will provide. How can you know he's a provider if there's never a need? Sometimes God pushes us to places of need in order for him to reveal more of himself to us. But that comes on the back of sacrifice. It comes on the back of saying, God, here I am. Moses, you're going to do something great for me. Notice what Moses said. Here I am. A life of sacrifice says, okay, God, you need a prayer warrior at 2 o'clock in the morning? Here I am. You need somebody to stay overnight? Here I Oh, I lose my sleep. Something you love is going to die on an altar. Something you love and something that you have craved is going to die on an altar. Some oh, man, I feel this right now. For some of us, it's going to be your image that's going to die on an altar. For some of us, it's going to be your pride that's got to die on an altar. Some of us, it's, it's going to be something because I'm telling you what I've been feeling all day is I've been feeling God pulling this church. Come on. And the hesitancy of grabbing his hand is the demands of that place. I've watched young people say, God, I want to be a prayer warrior. And God says, okay, give me your relationship. Oh, no, I don't want it that bad. I want, to, I want to be a preacher that changes the world and God says, okay, give me those apps on your phone. I don't want it that bad. Because yonder will demand you place something on the altar. I just can't do it. But I'm telling you what I'm hearing right now. I'm hearing places we've never been before calling us. But it's going to take us stepping out 
you're going to have to step out the boat because Jesus is calling you to a place you've never, oh, Brother Jones, what I'm seeing right now is the winds and the waves are going crazy. Why would I step out of the boat? I'm going to stay in what's comfortable for me. Let me just stay here. And you want to know why people don't step out of the boat? It's because they're going by themselves. The other 11 didn't go with them. Sometimes when yonder calls, you're going to leave friends behind. Sometimes when yonder calls, oh man, I'm, ooh, I'm trying to be careful right now. But when yonder calls you to places you've never been before, sometimes you won't be able to hang out with same old friends anymore that tell all the nasty carnal jokes. It doesn't mean you're better than them, but it just means God is calling you to a place where your spirits are not aligned anymore. And something's saying, I know there's more. I know there's more. There's something calling me. There's something pulling me. Yonder is calling me. But what is your response when yonder calls? I'm in a storm. It's dark. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I just can't do it. But Peter, if you'll just step out of the boat, you'll walk on water. There's something on the other side when you go yonder and you answer that call, when you realize and you say, God, I'm willing to step out there. Peter, this miracle is not just for me, but I want you to experience this too. Steps out on the water, starts walking on the water. But the lonely place, it's lonely, y'all. Can I be a little vulnerable right now? Ministry can be lonely. Ministry can be lonely sometimes. Sometimes, and I'm just going to be completely transparent, there are some times I'd love to get a phone call and never get a phone call. There are some times I look for that companionship for another minister, but I don't get that phone call and something pushes me, that loneliness where I'm standing, something pushes me and says, I've been waiting to talk to you today. It's that loneliness. It's that loneliness to step out in the places that I've never been before. Brother Jones, I just, I like my popularity. I like being known all over Pentecost. I told you, some of you are going to have to lay your pride and your image on an altar today. Oh, Brother Jones, I just want to be normal. I want to live a normal life. I don't want this life of sacrifice. But Peter, what are you missing if you stay in the boat? I'm going to tell you what you're missing. You're missing something that the other 11 didn't get at that moment because they stayed in the boat. How many miracles are waiting on you to answer what you've heard? I'm telling you what I feel right now. I feel, I really feel this, that there are couples in this building that have not even scratched the surface to the soul winner God wants to make you. Oh, let me say it over here. There are young, young marriages. God's calling you to a place you've never been before. And there's a little hesitancy because you don't know what's out there. You don't know what it's going to ask of you. But if you could see on the other side, I'm going to tell you what's on the other side. I'm going to tell you what's on the other side of yonder. I wonder. As Peter steps out of the boat, he starts walking on the water. I hope it's okay if I use you. I really felt to use you as an example today. As Peter steps out of the water, he begins to sink because he looks at everything around him. And God saves him. 
I wonder how Peter walked back into the boat. This is what I believe, and if Pastor Bishop preaches something different, you go with what he says, and I'm wrong. But I believe after Jesus picked him up out of the water, that hand in hand, they walked back to the boat. This is what's on the other side of answering the call to yonder. Listen, hold on. It's walking in places you've never walked before, but you're not walking. You're not walking by yourself. This is what you're walking with. And you're walking. Yes, you may have less money. Yes, you may not be as comfortable as you used to be. But this is worth every penny that. This is worth every penny that I'm willing to see. It's worth every sacrifice because yonder is calling. And I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer. No matter what you ask for, I'm willing to go. I'm telling you, before God, before God, I believe that you are one of the greatest soul winners huh? that this church will ever see. But yonder is calling you. And there's something you're going to have to place on an altar tonight. But the price is too heavy, Brother John. You don't know what's on the other side. Could it be that this is waiting on you to step out? Could it be that you can experience something? I wonder what that conversation sounded like. I wonder what that conversation sounded like as Jesus and Peter are walking back to the boat. Boy, why did you doubt me? I provided five loaves and I made it into 12 why did you doubt me if I can do it with bread why can't I do it for you God is trying to prove to some young marriage in this building that I can sustain you I can take care of you but yonder is going to demand that you lay some things on an altar tonight God's going to do something tonight. God's going to do something tonight where he transfers the baton to not the elders anymore. It's not the elders' job to pray all night. It's not the elders' job. God has placed them to be wisdom over us. But now it's time for us to take the baton and the strength that we have and carry the weight of burden, of prayer, of intercession, of worship. It's... All God's looking for, I'm telling you right now, all God is looking for is one couple right now to say, God, I'll go yonder. Whatever it takes, whatever you ask. There's no coincidence that you've been dealing with what you've been dealing with the last six months because something has tried to push some of you to a place where you get uncomfortable. I'm going to tell you when yonder visited me. Brother Marks, I feel something about to shift in your ministry, bro. I feel it right now. I feel something shifting. I'm going to tell you when yonder visited me, my wife was the, the GM of a Chick-fil-A making six figures. And I was running a food truck and had my own cleaning business at night. And yonder visited me. It showed up in a form of discontent. I wasn't happy with the money I was making. I just couldn't be satisfied. I pick up extra ships and I just, I wasn't happy. It showed up in a discontent. And all of a sudden I went to the church and said, I got to go to church and pray. I got to go pray. Something's not right. And something came in that prayer meeting and said, step out. Oh God, I'm a youth pastor. I've been youth pastor for five and a half years. I, I, just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't never think I was going to be an evangelist. I just don't know. Every time I go to prayer, yonder is calling. 
And I'll never forget, as I told my wife, I said, baby, with tears in my eyes, I said, I think God's calling me to evangelize. And she said, well, you need to talk to pastor. And I, I talked to my pastor. I said, listen, I'm submitted to you. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. But I'm telling you, I feel there's something in me. I just can't. I, this is what I told my pastor. I can't stay here. Not saying the physical church, but where I am right, I can't stay. Something's pushing me. Something's pushing me out there. And I was so afraid because I said, God, I, I don't know a lot of people. God, I, I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know, but I know something's pushing me to yonder. And I'll never forget. It wasn't an audible voice from God, but it was a little nudge. Some of you are missing what God's trying to do in your life because you're looking for an audible voice when you need to obey the nudge that you feel. I'm talking to somebody very specifically right now that things keep nudging you in prayer. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. I just, oh. Finally, I said, God, if it's your will, you talk to my man of God. If you don't talk to him, I'm not going to do it. God is my witness. You can go call Pastor Bertram. He was on vacation in Pigeon Forge. Driving down the road. Not thinking about spiritual things. And he says, God spoke to him. And said, Kerry Jones is an evangelist. Yonder was calling me. So you know what I did? One of the hardest things I had to do is I had to go put in a two weeks notice, give up all the money, and say, God, I can't take it here anymore. I'm not bragging, but I'm just going to tell you what's happened in the last three years of evangelizing. I've only been home in three years. One Sunday in three years. That's not bragging on me. But when you step out, there's something about when yonder calls and you place something on the altar that you love, God will start revealing himself to you. I have had God encounters that I don't think I ever would have had if I wouldn't have laid something on an altar. But I'm going to tell you this yonder that God is calling some of you to. I want you, the media team, to put this on the screen. Matthew 26 and verse 36. Brother Jordan, come help me. I'm done. Matthew 26, verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane and saith unto the disciples sit ye here while I go and pray yonder Gethsemane if you study it out it's the oil press it was Jesus' prayer room and Jesus is fighting his fleshly nature knowing that he's about to come face to face with his destiny to die on a cross. His fleshly nature is saying, no! I can't. No! Not my money. Not the job. But his destiny is calling him to a place called yonder. And when he goes yonder, he says, you guys stay here. And I'm going to go a little bit further into prayer. I'm going to go a little bit further into prayer. Because something's calling me. It was in the prayer room where Jesus' will dies. That's why some of us are afraid to really get into a prayer meeting. Because God's going to say, Lay your career. I'm, lay your career on the altar. 
too much. It's too much. I can't, but it's in the prayer room where your will dies and you say, nevertheless, not my will. The people that he had been training for three and a half years, for this moment, they're asleep. And yet he prays, not my will. Can you pray that prayer tonight? Not my will. Where did Jesus die? He didn't die on the cross. He died in a prayer room. Some of you will die out to your will tonight. You will see God do things that you've never seen before if you'll say, not my will. I've been on a journey. I'm tired. I'm tired, Bishop. I'm tired of hearing stories of the verbal beings and all the miracles he's seen. But something hit me just a few weeks ago. You want to see what verbal beings saw? There's a place called yonder where something's going to have to die. It may not mean a lot to some of you in this building, but yonder visited me just a couple of weeks ago and said, why don't you give up your social media? Oh, Brother Jones, that ain't much. But as an evangelist, a lot of people contacted me through social media, and I'm saying, God, and I made excuses. Well, what if a pastor tries to contact me over there and I can't get up? Excuses. Finally, I got out of prayer meeting. I called my wife. I said, baby, I can't do this anymore. I said, here, I'm deleting Instagram, Facebook. She controls it. I don't even have it on my phone anymore. And I said, God, yonder's calling me. Something that you love has to be placed on that altar. Because I'm telling you, it is not God's will for us to look back at all the things they used to see and tell our kids all the stories of what verbal beings saw. And I'm not disrespecting him. But it's not God's will for us to tell stories about other people. And we can't tell our own kids our own stories. I want to be able to tell Judah and Jaden. He was at Spokane, Washington. At the all-night prayer meeting. The Holy Ghost drew somebody in this building. I guess God has changed. No, he ain't changed. But what has changed is some of us are afraid to go yonder because of what it's going to demand of us. Yonder is going to demand some of you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what I know right now. You do whatever your bishop tells you to. But I'm telling you, there are evangelists in this house. There are patterns, pastors, there are daughter works that haven't been birthed yet in this church. Yonder is calling. And some of you are starting to get to a place of discontent because yonder is calling. And God won't let you be comfortable until you answer. Brother Jones, I don't know if I can do it. Brother Marks, there were times, first year of evangelizing, that me and my wife struggled. It's okay if I be a little vulnerable right now. There are times that I went to my wife and I'd make the statement out of frustration. Maybe I should have never quit my job having to sell my drum set, bro, in order to pay my light bill.
See, people don't see that side of evangelizing. All they see is the conferences. All they see is the meetings, but they don't see the prize. They don't see that your car that you had that is paid off, the engine blows up and now you got to, don't even know how you're going to pay for things. This ain't a pity story, but I'm going to tell you what showed up when yonder called. It's the Prince of Peace showed up and he said, son, if I called you to do it, I'm going to take care of you. As God is my witness, I go to services. There was one time I needed my son to have a certain amount. I'm telling you, I wish my wife was here. She could tell you stories. I needed a certain amount of money in order for my kid to stay in daycare. I walked after service. I said, God, you know what my family needs. And God gave me a word for a lady in the building. I didn't know who she was. Little did I know that her husband was an owner of an air conditioning company. This is what yonder does. I'll never forget as the service is over and I get my check and I'm walking home and I'm saying, God, my son, I don't know what we're going to do. And the man stopped and he said, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm going to give you an offering. He looks at his phone and gets on the cash app and he puts in a number as God, as my witness. <laughs> he types in the number and he says, do you think that would be good for an offering? It was the exact amount that I needed to keep my boy in daycare. But how can I tell somebody else that God is a provider if I never went through it myself? Yonder was calling me. My brother Jones, you got to place that job on an altar. You put too much faith in your money that you're making. Let's stand. I'm done. If this church is going to see the prophetic things that God has spoken over it, there has to be young, 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 young that get this right here of what yonder demands. Yeah, you may be lonely for a while. But the prayer meetings that you'll go to when you go yonder is worth every sacrifice that you make. All right. It's time for some of us to decide here tonight. Please don't forget about your cars because we're going to place those cars on an altar of commitment. How many of you got your cards ready? If you got your cards ready, I want you to bring it to the altar right now. Place it on the altar. As you're coming, whoever's supposed to sing and music, musicians, just one singer is what I'm asking for. Just one singer. What I'm what you're feeling right now as people are coming to this altar, what you're feeling is a battle right now that people are in their Gethsemane right now. That God is saying, it's oppressing. It's oppressing. It's oppressing. But if you're going to go yonder, sometimes you got to put yourself on the altar. 
My life is going to be a life of sacrifice. I'm a living sacrifice. And it's my reasonable service. Anything that God asks of you is not unreasonable. Do somebody, somebody needs to hear what I just said. What God asks of you, nothing is unreasonable when you're living a life of sacrifice. I want you to listen to this song for just a moment, and then we're going to pray. I'm no longer satisfied. Oh. Why would I thirst when you're the well that won't run dry? This is more than just a cry. But this is a covenant that I won't keep running Cause I can't hear the voice of the Lord Calling us deeper, calling us deeper I can't hear the voice of the Lord calling us deeper calling us deeper I can't hear the voice of the Lord come on can you hear the voice calling you right now can you hear him calling you right now calling us deeper whatever you ask God whatever you ask God can't hear the voice of the Lord calling us deeper, calling us deeper. I'm telling you, there's something supernatural in this building right now. God's about to take us to another dimension in this revival tonight. Some of you are going to get on your face tonight and you're going to get up and you're going to never be the same again. They're going to sing this song again. But we're about to lift up our hands right now. I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to pray this prayer. God, here I am. God, here I am. <laughs> My career, here I am. Whatever you're asking for, here I am. Whatever you're demanding of me right now, God, here I am. The thing that you love the most, put it on an altar. The thing that you love the most, put it on an altar. Because I hear the voice of the Lord. Calling a steeper. Deeper's calling you, sir. Calling a steeper. 